Hey, sleepyheads, this is producer Swish. And before we get started, I just want to let you know that John is resting his voice and will not be able to tell you about two shows on the Maximum Fun Network. Instead, you're going to hear the actual promos that the shows recorded. So please, there may be a little music and some unfamiliar voices. If that is frightening to you because you're trying to sleep, then, you know, hold off. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Settle down now and get comfy. You're about to sleep with a celebrity. Let your weary mind be free. And someone kind of famous who you can't see. It's time for sleeping with celebrity. Hello, sleepyheads, and welcome to Sleeping with Celebrities. I'm John Moe. I'm glad you're here. On this audio program, we invite our guests to step out of the limelight and, for just a moment, step into the nightlight. On this show, for one bedtime, we don't want them to bring their A game, but rather their Z game. It's a podcast where you can sleep. You can simply relax. You can take a break from stress and intensity. Just ahead, we'll be sleeping with our guests, Hallie Kiefer and Allison Leiby. They're going to talk with me about crows and maybe some other birds who know the crows. Before all that, I invite you to settle in and get comfortable while I tell you about another show here on the Maximum Fun Network. Hi everyone, I'm Laura House. And I'm Annabelle Gerwich, and sometimes it feels like the whole world is a dumpster fire. Right? There's too much to worry about. That's why we make Tiny Victories. It's a 15-minute podcast where we celebrate our minor accomplishments and fleeting joys. And listeners call in, like Valerie, who found the perfect gift for her daughter's boyfriend, and Adam, who finally turned his couch cushion the right way. And little happinesses, like how birdsong helps your brain. That's science! So join us in not freaking out for 15 minutes a week. That's Tiny Victories with Annabelle and Laura, Mondays on Maximum Fun. Woo! It's a tiny victory just to make a network promo. Honestly. And now to introduce our guests. Hallie and Allison are both writers and comedians And in addition to having that and a love of crows in common, they host a popular horror podcast on crooked media called Ruined. On this podcast, Hallie, a horror aficionado, tells her squeamish co-host Allison about a scary movie. Obviously, dear listener, if you are squeamish, this might be something to listen to so you can take part in pop culture discussions about horror movies without actually having to go watch them yourself, for they are scary. Hallie and Allison also move about the world separately. Allison is known for a one-woman show called Oh God, a show about abortion. It's a comedy. And if you've ever read 
the website Vulture, there's a good chance you've read something written by Hallie. Allison and Hallie, welcome to Sleeping with Celebrities. Oh, thank, thank you, you for so, having us. So much. I, I'm figuring out how to exactly hit my voice in the right level of relaxing yes. and not uh, frantic and anxious as it normally is. Yes, mm. I realized listening to this that both of us, our volume is normally screaming. Yes. And our tenor is screaming that the house is on fire. Yes. And this is me trying to do a calmer voice. Very Which, of course, does sound like I heard the closet door behind me open and footsteps. So I'm going to try to get a little more mellow. But I, it is funny that this is a specific challenge for the both of us. Yes. It's, I, I think the, the calm version of a scream would be a moan, so, which I think are also common in, in scary movies. Oh, yes. There is okay. a lot of moaning and not any of the kind that I'm like r- remotely interested in. It's all scary moans. <laughs> right. No, it's not that kind of movie. Not it's that a kind different of movie. kind of movie. I'm more of a groaner than a moaner, I would say. Okay. I do a lot of heaving sighs. I can maybe get into that sort of yeah. a, mm. a low uh, <laughs> sound of distress. Maybe that's a way in. Yeah. We'll find well, out. Can, we'll figure can you, it out. Can you offer up one of those for our listeners right here at the top? Okay. I feel like that's my baseline. It has a lot of intensity to it. I wonder if mm-hmm. you could turn down the intensity and, and recreate it as an even lower moan. Uh, oh, that's uh, very strong. That's good. That's good. Oh, yeah, that's good. Well, we like to start off our bedtime conversations with a question or two about sleep. Uh, how do the two of you do in falling asleep? Do you fall asleep easily yourselves? Um, I feel like I fall asleep easily, but I, especially right now, I don't know if it's the heat or what it is. I have been waking up at three in the morning. So I say going to sleep, not a problem. Staying asleep, I struggle. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think that I fall asleep easily, nor do I stay asleep uh, well. I don't. I sleep very poorly. Oh, that's that's a shame. And and I've I got a cat in the mix now, and he is hungry at five, and I often wake up at three, and then at five he wants to eat, and then I sleep until ten. It's a nightmare. Well, uh, Allison, there's a podcast I can recommend (laughs) to help you sleep. Oh, really? Yes. Relaxing. It might be relaxing. What's the best night of sleep you've ever had, Hallie? Oh, you know, I will say this seems contradictory to a lot of people's experience, but I feel like during the pandemic, I slept like a log. And I don't know whether that was just psychologically, my body's like, we gotta, this is our break. But um, I would say at the beginning of the pandemic, I, I think my brain was doing me a solid and letting me just sleep eight hours, drop like a log. I think perhaps to in response to the waking anxiety that we were all mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. Um, at that time. Mm. Allison, what about you? I don't know if there's one in particular, but I will say that um, after a long, long day of travel, getting to a good hotel with a good bed is mm. usually like a pretty good sleep for me. Like a yes. big comfy white bed after I've been on a plane is, is usually pretty good because I can't sleep on a plane. So if I'm flying, I need to go mm-hmm. to bed after. I do Are love you a hotel too excited sleep. to be on an airplane? Is that why you can't sleep? 
I think it's a com- like a comfort thing. I don't. I, my I, I can't sleep in cars and I can't sleep on planes. So mm. it's tough. But I love a hotel bed. How good of sleepers are crows? Because it occurs to me I've never seen a sleeping crow, but they must sleep because they're not sharks. Um, I'm going to Google this. Yeah, great. I Sleep is the one thing I don't know a ton about them. And I, I'm like, do they deserve to sleep? I don't know. Mm. Um, they definitely... They're up to so much during the day. I have to think they sleep pretty soundly. Yeah. Now, Allison is, of course, coming from her own perspective, which is a deep-seated, almost medieval belief <laughs> that crows have some uh, contain within them some sort of evil. I will say that a flock of crows is called a murder. A murder. Which yes. doesn't help no, the argument against not. Allison's case. Mm, okay. I, I learned a lot about crows when a, a good friend of mine who was living in Santa Monica, the apartment next to her, like the building next to her, um, got infested with them while it was under construction and she was living kind of amongst them. And so we had to do a lot of research because I was like, is this dangerous? And she was like, I don't know. I think they're trying to unscrew my skylight. Oh no. But then we found out that they're very smart. They, they're, they are smart and they can use tools as I understand Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. which troubles me. They can also recognize people's faces and remember them for up to seven years. Oh my goodness. Well, when when we when we invited you on the program and asked you what what it was you wanted to talk about at great length, why why was it crows? Why did you choose crows? Allison? I mean, we we discuss crows a lot on the podcast because crows show up in a lot of the movies that mm-hmm. we do and we both have a I I would say a healthy curiosity about our our evil flying friends and uh they are interesting there's a lot happening with them but they're also so pedestrian that we all encounter them which i think is a strange combination hallie Um, do you like crows i do i i think uh, to allison's point we were finding in a lot of especially nature-based horror movies of which there are many both crows and corvids in general as the bird Yeah, and also um, deer and the larger sort of elk, the cervids, Mm -hmm. corvids and cervids Mm -hmm. would frequently show up as sort of both an avatar of the natural world and an omen that the natural world was going to be evil or that there was something that the protagonist was going to encounter in nature that they that will be an obstacle. And I think it's just I think just because crows are jet black and have the classic horror movie look, whether or not yes. they know it. They are the, one of the most goth birds. Yes. So they are, of course, visually appealing to put in a film. And I think that there is something about how intelligent they are and our ability to perceive intelligence in animals, even while we deny it, I think is really interesting, especially when you see it used in horror, just because crows don't know that they're in a movie. They don't know that we right. think all these things no. that we're projecting onto them. I don't mm. know. They're very smart. They might know. I've always wondered if the best actor uh, award at the Oscars should always be given to animals. Yes. Because mm. they they have a complete they're completely bought into the scenic reality of every scene that they're in. 
It's just not a, the same scene as we might understand it as humans. I completely agree with this. Yes. And I, I will go a step further and say the evidence of this, or I, I think this goes hand in hand with my belief, which is no one should be getting an award for a biopic of someone that we have extensive video of. Mm-hmm. I yes. look, I, you know, we all loved Itania. There's a lot of films about living people or people yeah. who have lived during a time where there's video. Yeah. Aren't they just imitating like crows can learn to imitate the human voice? Yes. The difference is a crow doesn't even know it, it's again, it doesn't, it hasn't read the script. You know, a right. crow has more natural acumen. You know, no offense to say Cillian Murphy. I'm sure he does a great Oppenheimer. I haven't seen it yet, but we have video. We have. He mm-hmm. could sort of imitate him, and I don't think that that's Oscar worthy. I want to see no. some thought go into it. If you're a human, yeah. If you're a human, yeah. But if there was an animal that was just imitating another famous animal, I think that they should get that award. Absolutely. Yeah. What animals do you think crows would be good at imitating? Ooh. I mean, I'm gonna say parrots. parrots. Other birds, just because they're other, but yeah, other birds for sure. But I bet crows can like. I bet they can do a lot of voices. Like, I feel like they have kind of a lot in their repertoire. And I feel like they could, I, like, I have a cat. He makes a bunch of weird noises. I bet crows could learn that if they spent a week with him, you know? Mm. And then crows can in, imitate human speak in mm-hmm. a much way a parrot can. So technically, for example, you could, you know, Cillian Murphy, maybe he could do a crow impression. A crow could do a Cillian Murphy impression if you trained it long enough. Right. I'm giving the Oscar to the bird. Absolutely. But also but a, exists on one almond today. <laughs> but a crow can't speak. Um, they can imitate language the way a parrot can, if you train them. Really? Yes. Like, and so can ravens. Yeah. Oh. Okay. It's just that most people don't do that. Yeah. It's like they most aren't people, pets. They're not pets. Right. Whereas like parrots, I guess, at some point. It is strange, like what like how did we draw the line between what birds come inside mm-hmm. and which birds don't come in? Because, like, no one has a pet crow. I mean, I'm sure somebody has a pet crow, but pet parrots are, like, a thing. I would think yeah. a pet crow would be a, a pet of not a really cool, wealthy supervillain, but a mm-hmm. kind of trashy, backwoods supervillain. Yes. Yeah, I, you want to get invited to that person's party. Until you <laughs> see someone with a crow at 7-Eleven in your small town... You're to gonna. Him? You need to get the invite. Yeah. So it's gonna be pretty crazy. Now, Allison and Hallie, what do, what does everybody need to know about crows that you don't think enough people know about crows? Well, I mean, they're very smart, and that's something that like we can all look up, like them doing different tasks. But they also like really are communities and they hold funerals for each other when one of them dies, which I think is like both morbid and scary, but also kind of beautiful and really lovely. Please explain all the knowledge that you have about crow funerals (laughs) right now. I think they're chic affairs, but first of all, they're all already dressed for the occasion. Mm. Um, They're all in black all the time, but they, um, I, I read an article about it, how when one dies, like, they will all kind of get together and, like, put stuff on it, I think, is what they do. I might be wrong in, in the exact um, activities at it, but, like, they it's very much like they have funerals for their crow friends. They put they stuff, they, they put objects on the dead crow? So, like, other sticks and, you know, the way if you were building a nest, but kind of just leaving. Here, different. I'll read 
Yeah. Uh, do you have? Sorry, I googled it. Up? Yes. Great. So, uh, the, uh, uh, say if a crow dies, not only up to hundreds of other crows will come gather near the body. Hundreds of people aren't going to come to my funeral. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, girl, girl, we'd have to find what kind of venue. You know what I mean? I, We're not built right. Like, Where are we doing this? Um, uh, basically, they have been uh, uh recorded visiting a, a dead crow body. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not they leave something, I realize is what we're talking about, and now I don't know because it doesn't say that. But you know, I, I know. choose to believe. Yeah, what else I was saying is true. Well, because they love like trinkets. They're big. They're big trinket birds. They love stuff. They're hoarders. They like to find shiny things and collect them and like decorate. Or no, wait, that's octopuses. But you're right. They do. They yeah. they hide their food. They'll take. They'll find yeah. food and hide it in a tree for later, mm-hmm. yes. much like a squirrel would do. Yes. Mm. Why? And that's something. Yeah. Why do they do that? It's meal prep. That's okay. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Planning for later meals. Absolutely. Do you think so? You say that that crows aren't commonly kept as pets. Is that because people lack the imagination? or because they would be terrible pets? Uh, that's a good question. They're not domesticated, but then I guess I don't know if parrots are considered domesticated or other pet birds. Like, right. are they domesticated in the way a dog or cat is? I don't know. I think that they're smart, and I think if you were to have one, you'd be gratified by maybe training it to like pick up little shiny objects. But then I also think it would be just stealing your keys all the time. Yeah, I feel like they're all about mayhem and mischief. Mm-hmm. and. I think it's also unfair. I mean, they want to fly around. Like, really, really big birds don't always want to fly a lot. I feel like, I don't know, they still shouldn't be in a... I just don't think a crow wants to be in your house. Um, Mm. They want to be flying around outside with all of their friends. So, I don't know. I don't think that people don't keep them just because that seems rather cruel, but it would be. Okay. So, reluctance for uh, domestication... Mm-hmm. Piling sticks on their dead friends mm-hmm. in crow funerals. What else do we need to know about about? I would say our friend the crow, but I don't. I don't think we're friends. No, I watched a video of they're they're just like very smart in a way that I'm like, am I smarter than a crow? I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I watched there was like a a test. They do a lot of like tests and you can watch a lot of videos of like crows taking intelligence tests. And they like had a kind of like a narrow test tube that a crow couldn't get its like beak down. And there was like a seed or like some kind of piece of food in it. And the crow figured out to like fill the thing with like it poured water. It was like filling up it it understood that volume like the the volume See, I don't even know the terms I'm trying to use that are scientific. Water, the crow is like water displacement. displacement. The yes. Avogadro principle. Yes, they understand that. They know that. He like knew what, like there was like a water, th- it was like there was a little water in one and then there was more water in the other that was empty. And he like poured it in and knew to like, if he wanted that piece of bird seed that he needed to fill this test tube with water so that it would float to the top and he could access it because it's too narrow of a vessel for him to get to the bottom of, which... I, given the same problem, I'm not sure that I would have ever really reached that solution. <laughs> oh, I think a crow could better explain Allison and Mai's behavior more so than we could explain a crow's behavior. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that's very, very true. We we can't, uh, unfortunately, book a crow on the program 
because the sounds that they make would <laughs> keep everybody from sleeping. Mm-hmm. Good point. Excellent point. Allison, you, you mentioned watching this crow video. How many crow videos would you say that you have watched? <laughs> I would say, you know, under 100, but more than 50. Okay. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably my, uh, my crow video consumption rate. When do you watch these videos and what's the occasion? Do you watch them at the same time of day every day? It's more like when there's crow news. So like we do study, like they do study crows often because they are so like they have like the intelligence level that's like equal to that of a seven year old child. So we do a lot of studying them. And so like every I don't know, six months, there's always a new kind of discovery about what crows are up to or something they're capable of or something they do in their communities. And so then there will be an article and then I'm like, well, now I must go down a rabbit hole of crow news and facts and videos. And so it's kind of more, um, you know, only when it's when it's topical at this point, but it certainly happens a lot. There's usually a lot of crow news happening. Why are we impressed that a crow can put water in a tube to get a piece of bird seed out. But when a seven-year-old child does it, it just seems like weird. Are you tired of being picked on for only wanting to talk about your cat at parties? Do you feel as though your friends don't understand the depth of love you have for your guinea pig? When you look around a room of people, do you wonder if they know sloths only have to eat one leaf a month? Have you ever dumped someone for saying they're just not an animal person? Us too. She's Alexis B. Preston. She's Ella McLeod. And we host Comfort Creatures, the show where you can't talk about your pets too much, animal trivia is our love language, And dragons are just as real as dinosaurs. Tune in to Comfort Creatures every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Why are we impressed that a crow can put water in a tube to get a piece of bird seed out? But when a seven-year-old child does it, it just seems like weird. Well, I mean, I, I think we got to be encouraging seven-year-olds. I hope that, yeah. you know, we're not stigmatizing them. But I guess it's like we do think of animals as stupid, even yes. though, you know, anyone who knows studies animals, I'm sure, would tell us, like, they have intelligences that we don't really understand because they're not, they don't have to do with our lives. Right. But so we can't really perceive or, like, comprehend, We you know, the, I guess I'm not a sociologist. I'm sure people have written about this, but sort of, like, we are limited in our understanding of animal intelligence mm-hmm. because we go through the world in a certain way. So we can't necessarily perceive it like, you know, how birds, uh, you know, navigate the globe, that kind of thing. We just kind of just presume it's some other kind of intelligence. And I guess there's something that both like we denigrate as humans, but also is fascinating. The idea that they are intelligent in a way that's similar to us or could be compared to us, I think is both impressive like impresses us and also scares us Mm -hmm. to know that animals are living sentient in their own way beings on the planet and we're out here just fucking things up for everybody yeah you know (laughs) Hmm. have you ever had the experience of being you're just walking around a city or down the street and a crow attacks your hair from above because you got too close to its nest no, but that absolutely does happen. 
Um, in oh, a way I that, know. <laughs> I ha- has it happened to you? It has happened to me. <gasps> oh. It's oh. been many years, but it happened when I was in the the uh, in downtown Seattle, in the Belltown neighborhood of downtown Seattle, and to the point where uh, it was I was it was on my walk to work, and I had to I got attacked the first day, and the rest of that week, I walked on the other side of the street and saw the crow swooping back and forth on the other side of the street, just waiting for somebody else to attack. What do you think it wanted? I like Was it th- just kind of interested in causing problems, or do you think it was like after, after food or something like that? I like to think that it was defending a nest mm-hmm. under the mistaken belief mm-hmm. that I had some craving for crow babies. Sure. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, and uh, don't you has ever has it ever has anyone ever had that craving? I suppose is the question. <laughs> well, has anyone ever seen a crow baby? No, and I really want to now. Uh, we're joined now by our production intern Clara, and Clara, if you could turn your microphone on for just a moment, I want to tell you that the um, that crows have crow funerals for dead crows wherein they pile sticks and shiny trinkets on their fallen comrade in observation of the crow's death. And my question is, does that blow your mind? I would have to say yes. My mind is blown. Thank you, Clara. There you have it. There you have it. Um, Allison and Hallie, you mentioned uh, other other uh, members of, is it the corvid family? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are the other animals like the crow in the corvid family? That You have your ravens. Ravens. And yes. then there's, I think it's, because um, it's all like kind of the black birds, but then there's one like surprise, I think it's blue jays or bluebirds. Yeah, so they are uh, in the same family as jay, all jays. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Jack Dawes, Ravens, Rooks, Magpies. Magpies. And then here's some here's some birds. T- uh, this is from Wikipedia. Treepies, Choss, and Nutcrackers. Um, and I believe all of those birds also are capable of uh, either imitating or mm-hmm. making similar, or they sort of um, mimics. Because mm. I believe Blue Jays can also learn to mimic human speech. Yes. And they are among the most intelligent birds, at least as far as um, science knows, again, according to Wikipedia. The two of you um, host a, a podcast, which is something no crow has ever done. That we Yet. Love. No matter how intelligent you say that they are. Maybe but they don't have more, hands. They don't, you know what I mean? Right. Maybe it's more of a sign of the intelligence that they've never bothered to host a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, know, they know better. <laughs> they got other stuff to go on. They yeah. just say that there's, there's too much going on already. <laughs> um, if you were to make an all Corvid uh, horror film, mm. who would be the, um, the, the pretty young ingenues in danger? Who would be the the dangerous possibly misunderstood uh horrifying antagonist 
How would you cast your Corvid horror film? Hmm. You know, I'm going to say the first thing that comes to mind is, of course, the birds, you know, Hitchcock. Um, yeah. And so my thought does go to who Were is those our... crows in that film? They're all different kinds of birds. Okay. So it starts with the lovebirds at the beginning, but right. we see seagulls, we see we see crows at a certain point. Yeah, I have to imagine crows were in the mix. The birds mm. start communicating across. I believe they even make mention in the in the movie that um, the normally they don't communicate across species, so it's a bad sign. Um, but we did a movie uh, not too long ago called The Hunt, starring Betty Gilpin, who's a star of Glow. Sure. And what I what I like about her, I think she's a fa- fabulous actress. I, I'm imagining we're going. The birds, except uh, Betty Gilpin is fighting back. So we are seeing her. I don't know exactly how you do that, but she's not just going to sit here and take it. She is going to start kicking some bird's ass. Okay. What that looks like, I'm not sure. But that's my first thought. We put her in. She has like, you know, she has the the Hitchcock blonde look. She has the the skirt suit, but she's also, I don't know, maybe got a shotgun. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's an homage to Tippi Hendren and her incredible work in the film is, is my first uh, first thought pitch. I mm. could also see a version of a crow movie that's kind of um, uses the Jurassic Park model. Like there's Ooh. a like an aviary or or some you know bird sanctuary mm. where all of a sudden they all start working together to take down the people that keep them there. Which and feels more are... like a hero's story. Um, yes. Yeah. Who's the, the villain crows. then? Yeah. Who is our villain? Who's the vil- I guess. Uh, uh, a terrible anti-bird uh, owner of a bird sanctuary, I guess. Willem Dafoe. There Willem it is. Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Who else yeah. could it be? If he's got such an issue with birds, why does he own a bird sanctuary? Uh, capitalism. Mm-hmm. Oh. He's making it's lots of money off of it somehow. Hand over claw. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That Those greedy bird sanctuary owners <laughs> that you hear so much about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's not making money, so that's why he's so mad at the oh, birds. But he should at be mad at capitalism. He, he shouldn't should be mad be. at the birds. We should it's all be their mad fault. at capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think you could fight a crow if necessary? No. No. A crow not even one my, crow? No, it'd peck my eyes right out. I, I'm telling yeah. you, I'm just flailing at the air. It's zipping and zapping around. I'm I'm not coming out of that alive. I'm going to be totally honest. Uh, that's my impression. It would knock my glasses off, and then I'd oh, be... And then, and, and we both we both have what is a you know a blessing in in our life, but I think a curse in a fight with a crow is we both have very thick hair, and I think mm. it would get we'd it be dead all in there. We're done for. Night. It's over. It's over mm-hmm. for me. Do you think you could defeat any member of the Corvid family? A blue jay, oh. perhaps. I think a, a blue jay could trick me into walking off of a cliff. I think a oh, bird could. Yeah. Make me crash my car into a bridge, <laughs> like the Iconopop song famously alluded to. Um, I want to pretend that I'm smarter than a bird, but I just don't think that that's the case. Yeah. I don't think hand-to-hand there's very many animals that I stand a chance with. Hand-to-wing. I was going to offer the, the flightless birds, but of course some of them are are. Terrifying. Yeah, ostriches, emus. I think you put me up against a cassowary. I'm getting disemboweled. No, 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 no. no. Or the the shoebill. Oh, Oh, yes, I've seen those. Which is prehistoric seeming. Dinosaurs. Yeah. I do think I'd be friends with a penguin. Okay. Okay. I think they would just sit on the couch and watch TV with you. 
I think a penguin could kick my ass, though, if it really had. A, oh, yeah, I, the emperor I, ones. They're I huge. would have had to do something against its family. And I suppose I am because I'm a human, so I'm part of climate change. So if a penguin showed up and kicked my ass, I can't be that mad at it, you know? I I don't. I find them to be friendly seeming. I remember early lockdown days when they would take the penguins around the aquarium and show them all the other animals because they were the only ones that could just like walk around outside of water. And they were like, "Well, this no, is I a need seal. To oh, it's great. It's really terrific." Now, maybe you covered this already, but do crows perform any other ceremonies besides funerals? Do they do weddings or baby showers or gender reveals? Well, I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest, I was kind of Googling the crow funeral and it seems like a, a not insignificant um, part of it does seem to be necrophilia. Yeah. Uh, I hate to bring that up, um, but uh, I don't know whether that's a festive act on their part or what they're doing there. But unfortunately, that seems to be a, a, a important part of their funeral services that I guess maybe well, humans do come out on top in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at least. I would say they probably aren't doing, I, I feel like they would, they're a little more, they're so smart. They're probably also very culturally advanced and they're not focused on um, weddings and babies, but perhaps kind of professional milestones that they all hit, you know, the way that we should be celebrating people if they want that. But I feel like they're probably like, oh, great job tricking all those people today into giving them, <laughs> giving you tinfoil. Larry, we're throwing you a party. Ooh. Oh, okay. All right. To, congratulations on on your hundredth uh, head scratched at while someone yes. was just walking down the street. Yeah, they feel like real like achievement based animals when it comes to celebrating things. I just want to cycle back to the penguins real quick because it reminded me of there's a I believe it's uh, the Blue Planet, which is a BBC Nature yeah. docu series. And there's an episode about um, Zavodowski Island, which is a an island where it's just where a penguin colony lives. And it's an incredible, like, I mean, it's inc like how they live, how they have to survive. It's also very, there's a lot of gender equality. Like mm -hmm. they, you know, everyone has to be trading off and taking care of the eggs. And then they did like a little behind the scenes and where the documentarians put their tents literally was like at the bottom of a mountain where all the penguin shit flowed, but they didn't realize it until like that night or something. So it is like this horrifying, like you see what's going to happen. And these penguins are shitting 24 seven. You don't want to go to this Island. And they're just thinking about that where it's like humans, we could plan, but then you get there like, Oh yeah. All the penguin shit has to go somewhere. Doesn't it? That's on us, but it's, it's beautifully made. <laughs> Look it up. If you have any interest. <laughs> Wow. Do you have any advice for someone who would want to befriend neighborhood crows? If someone doesn't want to be attacked and swooped down mm -hmm. upon, but create a nice relationship? I think offerings are yeah. what they like. And there's, I've seen lots of videos and TikToks and in my, in my crow journeys of, um, oh, like there's one woman in, woman in particular I know who would like leave like little just pieces of garbage or small mm -hmm. amounts of, of food on her windowsill. And the, this crow would come every day and get it. And then the crow started bringing her stuff and they were doing this kind of like gift exchange. So I think, you know, I think crows are materialistic and, and offer them shiny things. And I think that they'll be kind to you as long as you do. Hmm. Hallie, do you often have problems taping your podcast because Allison is watching crow videos? 
I'll be honest, she does have a lot of concerns. We did have an incident during, at one point, where a, where, I, I don't oh. know if it's a crow or a pigeon, it's not slammed. A Go ahead, sorry. You can tell oh. the story. Um, I have a big glass door going out to a little balcony in my apartment, and my apartment is even with kind of the part of a, a giant tree where I think there's a lot of nesting and there's a lot of like fruit that the birds are eating. And one, I came home uh, from the grocery store and there was a giant oily outline of a bird on the door. It had smoke, flown smack into it and left like a greasy imprint. Oh. Um, and there were some feathers, but I think it was, I didn't see any evidence of the bird still being around. I think it was okay, but I think it hit it pretty hard. Um, so they are trying to get in my house. Hmm. Now, in the news recently, there's been reports of uh, orcas mm -hmm. trying to trying to topple yachts. Uh, there's Sea Otter Eight Forty One, who you may have heard about, who's been stealing surfboards. <laughs> I believe that's in California. Mm -hmm. um, do we know if the crows or any corvids are working in concert with some of these marine animals to? bring about some sort of epic battle with the humans? Um, you know, I think it's just a matter of time. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. orcas, that makes sense. And the ocean life makes sense because they are the, what we're doing in the ocean. I think once the birds, and, and it could be the corvids that are, because they are one of the more intelligent birds, uh, bird families. I feel like it's just a matter of time before they, they figure out they should just be dive bombing us at all times. Yeah. And crows do often live along shorelines. So they're right there for mm. all that information and communication. If they start communicating, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's, Why do yeah. they live along the shorelines? I, th I think that they, like, you know, like me, are interested in waterfront property. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So if we're, if we're thinking of the corvids, the, the crows, mm -hmm. the magpies, the... Um, now is, a, is a blackbird, is that just another term for a magpie? You know, that's I a great question. Know. Let me go ahead and All right. Google that. Listeners, we're just going to pause here for a moment while Hallie Googles whether <laughs> blackbirds are the same as magpies. No, it looks like it is a different kind of, it's a different family of bird. Oh, a different family of bird entirely. So that also um, in that family for blackbirds also, uh, these are Orioles. new world blackbirds. Orioles, meadowlarks, grackles. Ooh, what a good Love word. A grackle. Cowbirds and some birds' names. I'm not even going to try to pronounce because you're trying to go to sleep and hearing me try to get there is going to wake you back up because you'll be enraged. I I want you to recite all the bird names that you see in front of you, but I want you cool. to try to do it in that kind of low <laughs> moany voice that mm. you that you offered up earlier, Hallie. This is going to scare people. Okay. Okay. Oropendolus. <laughs> Cut. Uh. It's C-A-C-I-Q-U-E-S. So bear with me. Cacacase. I apologize to everyone who's not going to be up all night just fuming. Um, and then I read the other ones. I, I could do Oriole. I could do Bobble Link. Yeah. Grackle. Okay. Grackle. Grackle. It's a good one. If you were... Um, now, now you're, you're both of the the entertainment industry you're you're within or adjacent to components of of the entertainment industry mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you were to start a band with uh birds mm -hmm. and 
and there could only be one species for each spot in the band. And let's say you need a singer, a guitarist, a bassist, a drummer, and then we'll throw in a keyboard player too. Mm -hmm. Okay. You have all the birds in all of Christendom to choose from. Mm -hmm. We're not limiting this exclusively to corvids. So therefore, you know, your emus, your puffins, everybody's eligible. How would you, um, how would you cast this band? An excellent question. Yeah, I have off the top. I would say let's make the ostrich on keyboard because I yeah, feel like I had he the exact same play thought. it with his nose. No. Oh, okay. Like just kind of banging on it, and then also I think that they're because they like are ground birds that run around. I bet he could work the pedals. Oh, um, okay. I'm gonna go bassist. I'm gonna go albatross. Mm. Yeah, huge wingspan. We have the we have the wingspan. <laughs> we have the uh, the strength. To, to pluck. Yeah. What um, guitarist? What's the most rock and roll bird? I well, mean, the robin, I've the been told, is rocking. Oh, the robin is rocking. What did but you I'm say, not... Allison? I think this. I think the, the guitar lead guitarist might be the crow. Like, I do feel okay. like oh. it's got... Can operate rock, tools. Can use tools. It would probably know how to tune it because it's so good at... I don't think that crows are the most melodic voices, but I think they mm-hmm. understand sound in a way that I, your guitarist needs. Your crow is your Eddie Van Halen, but not your mm-hmm. David Lee Roth. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm going to say David Lee, if David Lee Roth is what, because it's a rock band. Yeah. Um, bald, bald Eagle as a lead singer. Oh. Because we need someone with a scream. We want to scream. Yeah. Or like a and, hawk or falcon. Yes, a hawk. Kind. Some kind of predatory bird with that kind of intense shriek, I think is the way to go. Yeah. Okay. And then I... I think for drummer, you go penguin because Mm -hmm. they've got the flippers that are less wings and more kind of like hands. And I can just see them kind of Mm. on the drums. Yeah. Uh, Clara, our production intern, points out that uh, crows do look a little bit like Keith Richards already. Yes. Oh, there you have it. Perfect. I would add that they look a little bit like Joe Perry of Aerosmith as well. Yeah. I think they'd be flattered to hear it. I think they. I think they. Would All be. parties involved should be. <laughs> Where are you hoping to go with your knowledge, Allison and Hallie, of of crows? Are you hoping to to gain more? Are you hoping to take this to the next level? What does the future hold for you and your crow knowledge? I mean, I think we've got to write some kind of crow movie at some point, seeing that we've amassed all this knowledge um, and know a lot about horror movies. I also am just like, if I have to, I mean, it all, all of my interest in them came from my friend being like, they are all around me at all times. I need to know more about them for my own safety. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like I'm prepared for the inevitable future where I am living amongst crows. Mm. And I think the, the movie we, we should write, which is a horror movie, is about somebody alone in a cabin where the birds turn on them, sort yes. of the neo-birds. Yes, yes. But... I think it would be it would stem from man's hubris would be the real villain mm-hmm. because the person and I don't this isn't a, the Betty Gilpin this would have to be the Willem Dafoe it, they it just can't help but underestimate the crow yes and that's what I hope your listeners take from this yes. conversation is to never underestimate any corvid no they're simply too smart hmm. a question about about scary movies, and maybe this involves birds or, or maybe it doesn't. Um, 
If someone has an interest in scary movies, but finds that the really scary movies keep them up at night, which would defeat the purpose of this podcast, mm -hmm. is there a movie that falls within that genre that is a safe before bedtime choice? Hmm. <clears throat> this, so Maybe this one is where sort of... there's scary things, but everything turns out okay in the end. Okay. Yeah. I will say this is sort of the premise of our podcast because Allison genuinely has horrible nightmares horrible if she nightmares. watches horror. Right, right. Um, God, yeah. ugh. I feel like we've done some where I'm like, oh, I could have done that. I could have watched that movie, hearing it back. Um, um, what? Uh, we should have thought about this before. Well, yes, you want, you want something with the final girl where somebody, there is where a victorious over. moment. And it's over. Like, you feel like it's over. Yeah. Um. Hmm. You know, we just did the movie Influencer. It's uh -huh. not it's not out yet. And um, I feel like it was more of a thriller. So I feel okay. like if you're someone who could watch a thriller, um, yeah. beautiful set in Thailand, beautiful vistas that I think maybe could help you relax and get into nature there are it's uh, some sticky business in it though so if you're someone who doesn't like any kind of horror yeah this is tough it's a this is a tough question it's a tough one it is young am, frankenstein I, I would that count <laughs> <laughs> i mean a great movie to watch before bed or otherwise yes i think if allison could watch it it it, it would be perfect for going to sleep and i feel like you could yes. watch young frankenstein I love a young jennifer frankenstein. a jennifer's body you know something that's I'm more sure. of a, a comedy than than horror yeah. Um, I think the, yeah. the, the first few Scream movies are all like, even though they're kind of like horror of the 90s and early 2000s, like they aren't quite as gory as a lot of the more modern things that we talk about. And they do all end with it being over um, and people surviving. So, mm. oh, here, I'll, I'll float when we did, which is um, 2015's The Final Girls. Mm. Oh, yes. Which is more of a horror comedy and honestly very touching. Like we, we, we both, both cried up. during yeah. the episode talking about, you know, an estranged mother-daughter relationship getting resolution, which felt really beautiful. Yeah, it was it was great. And what's a movie that that uh I guess Allison should absolutely not watch, especially before bedtime? I mean, we just did both terrifier movies, and I think there's some movies I like, ah, maybe Allison could have watched it. I feel bad even having had Allison watch the trailers for either of those movies, which are wall-to-wall, -wall, disgusting, disgusting mess. In addition to, I mean, we're talking not just blood. We're talking blood and shit. <laughs> we're talking dismemberment, disembowelment. Yeah. Oh. And I that's the kind of thing that, I again, you want to get your eight hours in. You, you want yeah. to steer clear, and yeah, I you know I think that we all can safely put Hereditary on that list yes. as well. Um, mm -hmm. Did you watch? You didn't watch that one, Allison. Mm -hmm. no. no, she no. she cannot. I, no. I I love that movie, but yeah, please, if no. if you're someone who has a trouble trouble sleeping, please do not watch it. <laughs> Would the inclusion of crows as cast members in Hereditary have made it scarier or less scary? Oh, scarier, scary, absolutely. Yeah. I think in any um, yeah. con any film, <laughs> when you bring crows into play, they're going to make it scarier. Oh, yeah. You could have the Barbie movie. You put some crows in there. You're like, what What Ominous. are they doing? Yeah. What's, what is that a harbinger of? Yes. I'm remembering The Wizard of Oz. I was just going to suggest The Wizard of Oz. And then I remembered there are crows yeah. in The Wizard of Oz. They bother and, the scarecrow. And they're yes. scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, and it, it, the worst kind of bird, the flying mongoose. 
They're like, well, birds aren't scary enough. What could be scarier? A monkey with wings. Yeah. yeah. And that's coming just ripping your head off. <laughs> so there's there's got to be at least one crow who somewhere who wants to be a part of a comedy, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, they want to yeah. mix it up like we I, all do. I get a sense that they have, you know, a real sense of humor to them. Right. Mm-hmm. When they get done with their necrophilia trinket funeral. <laughs> yes. They're ready yeah. to get their laugh on. <laughs> then they're like, I'd really love to do something more broad. <laughs> yeah. I really want to direct. Say. <laughs> I could see a crow behind the camera wearing like a white scarf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little uh, a little beret. A little beret. <laughs> little piece of foil just to keep it amused. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, can you leave us with your favorite uh, work, wh- whether it's a film or anything else that does feature crows in it? Um, you know, um, uh, Antichrist, uh, 2009, horrific oh, yeah. nature-based uh, horror movie. A crow, there is a crow in it, and I think... Um, oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, uh, amongst other animals up to no good. And uh, I would say, again, not for a lighthearted watch, and definitely not before no. bedtime, but a, but a dynamite movie. Yeah, and The Birds. I think The, the bird Birds is a great movie, and while it's not just crows, there's... There's crows there. Oh, yeah. And Allison, do you have a recommendation of a favorite crow video that we can put on our show page (laughs) for people to come check out? I can find a specific link and send it to you, but there is one where a crow does like a traditional matching game where like there's cards face down and like it lifts one up and it's like, that's a five. And then it puts it down and lifts another one up and it's like, that's a two. (laughs) And then tries to find the five and then flips both the fives. So in a way that it's like, yeah, that's a matching game that humans play on their phones when they're bored. And crows are like, <laughs> I can also do that. Um, so the matching game is a really intense crow video when you're just like, oh, we're not that far apart, are we? So friends, after you after you wake up tomorrow morning, feel free to go to our show page and watch the crow matching game video. Yes. Allison Leiby and Hallie Kiefer, thank you so much for being with us. And good night. Good night. Well, sleepyheads, I hope you enjoyed learning about crows and other corvids as much as I did. Something I like to do at the end of my day is to make a mental catalog of things that I experienced and or learned that day. So if you don't mind, I'm going to make a list of takeaways for my conversation with Hallie and Allison right now while it's fresh in my mind. One, no one should win an Oscar for playing someone there's video of. Sorry, Killian Murphy and many other actors. Two, crows and ravens can be trained to speak. Three, Crows have funerals. Four, necrophilia is a practice I'm glad doesn't occur at people funerals. And five, be careful where you pitch your tent when observing penguins. Okay, I'm going to turn in myself. Thank you for sleeping with me and my guests, Hallie Kiefer and Allison Leiby of the podcast Ruined. You can follow our podcast, this one that you're listening to, 
on both Twitter and TikTok using the handle at sleepwithcelebs. On Instagram, the handle is at sleepwcelebs. Our email is sleepwithcelebs at maximumfun.org. Music is provided by the Winterbowers. Social media assistance provided by Charlie Moe. Our production intern is Clara Flesher. This show was senior produced and edited by Laura Swisher. Swish. And it's a production of Maximum Fun and Papa Chick. I'm John Moe. Night night. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.